What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. Sam and Matt back with you. We got a huge show. So much going on in the sports world. We had a a little preview of a sports equinox yesterday with all of the major sports uh, getting underway. Hockey puck dropped. Baseball coming to an end, but the most riveting baseball that you'll see all year going on. And then, of course, every week, Jets and Giants find themselves in another backs against the wall situation, essentially. And we'll have both of those games covered as well as around the league. Matt, how you doing today? I'm doing okay. Anytime you get to wave goodbye to the Braves is a good day. Uh, uh, gr- honestly, for for the sake of baseball, it's always great to see the the young. I mean, not even young, but the fun. You know, really exciting and headline catching team win it over the the almost like a David and Goliath sort of deal. Um, we'll start there. What a game yesterday! Uh, you know, obviously, if you're a Braves fan, you don't want to say what a series, but this Phillies team is so much fun. I'm excited for the both of these matchups that we get in the championship series. I you alluded to it, but I'd love to hear your, some of your closing thoughts on, I guess the Braves season, I guess the NL East, I guess the National League, just the whole scope of the uh, the MLB. Yeah, uh, I mean, I just think no one expected that. I, I think they were head over heels, uh, the best team in the major leagues. I think even if you look around the league to the to the you know other teams who have been wildly successful like the Braves lately. I think the Braves are the only team that didn't take a step back. They might have taken a step forward, um, which is which is funny. When you look back at their last offseason, they swap out first basemans, but turned out to be a great move. They're just um, a really well-run baseball organization. But uh, they're out to the Phillies. And I, I don't know if this makes me a Met fan fraud or even just a New York fraud. I sort of embrace Philly sports. I find myself not intentionally – uh, rooting for Philadelphia teams. I just think the the fans are fun. I, I enjoy the atmosphere. I didn't really even understand the sort of uh, home field advantage that you have at Citizens Bank Park. I, I really didn't realize how insane that place got. And, you know, we're talking the year after they just went to a World Series. It, it's crazy. Uh, you know, even after the game last night, you just see the the energy and what is it, Xfinity Live, where, where everyone went to go for the, the post-game celebration and uh, did you see the clip of Castellanos throwing up that little ring symbol that he does now yeah. at the after party? It, it just the vibes in Philly are great. And I, I kind of agree. Like I went into it and I, you know, being from Jersey and uh, a baseball fan and just, you know, having a, a lot of people all over the state really with, you know, I root for Philly and, and I don't feel like I don't feel like it's a guilt thing. And honestly, as a Yankee fan, a little bit different from, I guess, your Met Met fan point of view. But there's a lot of like Yankee blood that has gone through the Phillies organization, whether it's Rob Thompson, uh, Joe Girardi had a little stint there. And, you know, there's just guys that I feel like there's just ties everywhere. I mean, they had guys like David Robertson, and I feel like they're very a lot of maybe like their their interest in players. This could be a very uh, hot topic here when we talk about Bryce Harper, but a lot of the Phillies organization interest in players, I feel like is very similar to that of the Yankees if that makes sense. And I, I, for that, I kind of, I kind of feel like pigeonholed in having to root for them a little bit. I mean, I guess so. Were the Yankees ever actually interested in Bryce Harper? Well, that, so that's where the, the, debate oh, that's comes the outlier. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's the one out, the one outlier. I'll say you don't even worry, don't worry about that. We'll just throw that one. under. No, I do want to worry about it for a second because what were the Cashman comments from a few years ago? It, essentially, essentially it was, we're good. We have Andy Har and Clint Frazier, essentially. Yeah, yeah, and we can't put him at first base. That would be asinine. Yeah, and actually, did you what were you, Did you see that play last night where he got hurt? That was kind of scary. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was going to be much more serious than it was. Yeah, and, and honestly, for um for the, like, just the, the sake of baseball, and, you know, you think about guys who get surgery, and now I feel like it's a, it's a thing that when you get Tommy John surgery and you're a, a fielder, that, you know, it, they feel like it's okay to DH and it's okay to play first base. You know, if I was an organization, a guy like Bryce Harper, like, look, I might sound silly because they're, you know, they're in it and they're going to, they're making, they made it to the NLCS. And I think they're the favorites to make it to the World Series now, uh, series wise. But, you know, that's a risk and a half. I, re- I, I really, really think that, that that is, you know, that's really playing with fire at letting Harper even sniff the field. Yeah. So, but good for them. 
Um, they they'll face oh, I, off I, against speaking the Speaking of Harper, I did want to ask you something about this series. Just yeah. the Harper versus Arcia uh, saga there. Why was that such a big story? Or why were feelings hurt by that? Or why was this like such a heavily reported thing? I feel like that was, you know, for someone who missed probably the first game or two of the series, I feel like that's that's pretty standard. Yeah, so it's it's weird. Just I an attaboy Harper. Like, I, I thought that, who cares? So a couple different takes on this. So th- there's... There's obviously, you know, we, people say there's three sides to every story, one, one side, second side, and then the truth. There's more like four sides to this story because so Arcia makes the comments about the, the Atta, and says the Attaboy Harper thing. Obviously, um, you know, to I think it was I think the reporters in the locker room like overheard it or something. And it was like kind of like a private conversation, per se. And then that ultimately sparked a debate amongst reporters and MLB uh, news writers about, you know, what's considered if there's reporters in the room is anything really private. And that's that was one debate that kind of fueled a little bit of the fire in terms of like, you know, obviously the any sort of Braves beat writer is going to back up their guy and say, you know, if he says something like that in a private conversation, it's not really, you know, the the nicest thing or you know the 100 percent right thing for people to report on that and i get it sure that's what i that's the part that i would side with that's the part that i would so i agree but like then you got to think like you know if you're arcia right you know why even why even go that route regardless of who's in the room right like you're in you're in the you're in the major leagues in the nlds and you you have the target on your back already because you're just this ridiculously talented team that refused to lose in the regular season and kind of made a mockery of everyone that crossed paths with them. You know, you already have a target on your back. Why, why even say anything? Right. So, I guess. Uh, so are, right, well, let me, let me, let me put it this way. So in our fantasy league, I just traded for T Higgins and T Higgins was asked about, you know, what, what is, uh, what, what do you feel about like, you know, people talking trash about, um, DK Metcalf had those comments about Jamar Chase and someone asked T Higgins, you know, what, what do you feel like, you know, how does that affect you? How does that affect the game? And he said, which is what my answer is always in in sports, I guess, or what I, my, my ideal player would say is, you know, I'll let my game do the talking. That doesn't bother me. I go out and practice my five days a week and I'll go out to the game and, you know, I might say a thing or two to someone on the field. I think that's part of the game. But then as far as off the field, I just let my play do the talking. And honestly, I love that answer. And to kind of get back to the Arcia thing, you know, obviously, whether he meant for people to hear it or not, don't even like, I feel like don't even say anything ever about that, especially when you got a guy. I would agree with you if it was like an attack or a personal attack on Bryce Harper or something like that. To me, I just don't even know why this is being reported on. I just think it's a. It's a funny little line and you move on. Well, so it, I agree. But then, you know, if you're the Phillies, right? So take take your mind to, I guess, Bryce Harper's point of view. You know, you've got this team in front of you that comes in with big swing and you know what. And there and, and now you're going to that's what you're going to say to him after he makes one blunder on a let's be honest. The play that he was talking about was a ridiculous play. Like, that's not just like if it was Harper just, you know. Uh, striking out on a bad pitch looking or, you know, just your run-of-the-mill ground out or something, and he said that, I, I, I would understand. But he did that on, like, Bryce Harper got out on a play that I would say a lot of guys in the league get out on. Like, it was right. it was a ridiculous play and an unbelievable play by Michael Harris. And, and I just think that when you're in that scenario, don't do anything to poke any bears, right? Just Especially that. if you're the Braves. Yeah, right? I'm not, I'm not saying anything there. to snap Bryce Harper off. I just think the comment standalone, I don't have any problem with. I thought it was uh, I just thought it was overblown. I mean, if, if you're gonna talk, then you better win, and they didn't, and that's on the Braves. But uh yeah, that, I mean, thanks for clearing that up a little bit because I didn't know too much. <laughs> yeah, and, and you you you're right. If you're gonna talk, you better win. And I'll even, you know, triple down on that. If you're gonna talk and you're the the one of the historically best teams in the regular season, you better win. And you don't win. And now you have egg in your face. And then after, you know, I don't know if you saw this, but after the game yesterday, um, or I guess after the series ended, Acuna just got right on the bus, didn't talk to the media once. That's weak. That's weak. Yeah, 100%. And, and I think that, 
you know, for for guys like that, it's it's so interesting because, you know, they these guys are we we just said the the Braves coasted through the regular season because they're so uber talented. They set every offensive record. I think they were like the first team to have like all got all nine guys or all the first eight guys hit 25 plus home runs. You know, just this historically great season. And then you lose, you finally face a little bit of adversity, and that's how you deal with it. Not a good look. And, and I, I, honestly, if you're if you're part of the Braves, uh, you know, front office, obviously you have to commend the Braves front office for what they put together. But I think that there's something to be said about, you know, you can put together the greatest team ever. You can put you can set all the offensive records you want. There's always like intangibles in sports, especially in, a, in such a mental game like baseball that you kind of can't ignore and not saying that this is going to prove that Acuna is a mental midget or anything like that, but there's definitely, there's definitely, I think the the Phillies won this series because they won the mental side of it. Yeah. I mean, in a sport where nothing's guaranteed, I mean, we talked about it all year. You could spend the most money in the league. It doesn't, doesn't guarantee anything. Uh, I totally agree with you on Acuna there. That that's definitely weak. I guess, listen, I, I guess you have the option to do whatever you want. But it's in your do- in, in your job description. You'll probably eat a fine, whatever. I know you don't care. But, I mean, just face the music. It's kind of – it's it's the least you could do after a series like that. It's a part of your job to just kind of show face. I, I just – yeah, it's incredibly weak. I, I hate it every time it happens. Yeah, I, and just honestly, good for the Phillies with everything that kind of happened. You know, I, I'm I'm happy for them. They, they the Braves, Braves team is they weren't annoying because they're just like annoyingly good. You know what I mean? They they were just uh, you love to see the underdog always come out on top, whether it be like we said the mental side of it or yeah. just the actual X's and O's of it. it it's I'm happy for the Phillies. And, and, I, and again, again, this is not a team we thought was going to make the postseason about halfway through the year. They just have this weird second half magic voodoo. Yeah, and, and it's crazy because. They they throw on Matt Matt Stram, Stram or Strom however you pronounce his last name, and he had two saves throughout the entire year, uh, and he comes in and, and saves the 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 game the, the series clinching win in the DS against the best team in baseball. And how about this? So we uh, it, the last out yesterday um, was it, it was crazy because you know this is such a star studded series and such a such a you know. All the this was the, arguably the biggest series that the MLB has had in the entire playoffs so far, as far as like star power and just uh, drama of it all. And then the final the final uh, at bat of the series is Von Grissom, who is a, a uh, quadruple A player for the Braves, versus Matt Stram, who has two saves in the season. And that's just so baseball that those two guys lined up for the final at bat of this series. Um, Crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. Uh, I'm rooting for the Phillies. I'm going to, it sounds like you're rooting for the Phillies as well. Closeted. Um, yes, I'm rooting for the Phillies in a closeted fashion. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not wearing any Phillies hats, but. Well, spe- speaking of Philadelphia, I am going to see the the Always Sunny guys do a show in, in New York City later. I'm sure the vibes will be immaculate as uh, they do happen to be Philly fans. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're, they're going to probably. I I would assume they'd probably wear some sort of Phillies garb, no? Probably. He'll wind up throwing, like, first pitches if they get to the World Series and whatever it is. Uh, Any other baseball you wanted to hit on? I mean, we can get to this this AL series real quick. Uh, The Astros are a machine. It's as frustrating as as it is as a Yankee fan. Um, I'll say this. This is a a battle, another, not want to say David and Goliath battle, but the Rangers are the the offensive team versus the Astros are this – uh, machine of all around baseball. Uh, I don't even know the adjective to describe it, but they play such a beautiful all around game. Um, and, and they just, like you said about the Phillies, they just step up every year. And it almost seems like just this is written that, you know, the, the Astros and the Phillies meet up in the world series. And we say, this is a tough matchup to pick because both of these teams are teams that we say just step up in the biggest moments. So I, I think an Astros Phillies, uh, World Series. I, I'm just going to come out and say that. That's my two picks for these two series. But I think that's going to be electric of a series if that's the if that's the case. You know what bothered me? I don't know if I sent you the video. I, I think I did. Uh, maybe on TikTok or whatever it was. 
But uh, after the Astros clinch, Justin Verlander gives this big old speech of, you know, we, we went through this this year, we went through that, and then he has a moment of realization where he goes, uh, I wasn't even effing here. And everybody has a big old laugh. Ha ha, you were on the Mets. That's hilarious. That aside, uh, yeah, I think that that would be the matchup that everyone's uh, kind of hoping for. Uh, how hard are you rooting for the Phillies in an Astros-Phillies World Series? Oh, big time. Big time. Yeah. I, 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 You know, you can say what you want about the Astros. And I'm going to – I'll even just say – come out and say that, you know, amidst the cheating scandal and all the, all the Yankee ties to everything, I – am amazed at this Astros machine. This is what seven straight CS championship series for them. Even if, even if we'll even, I'll even say three of them were, were due to cheating. Let's just say three for argument's sake. Um, that's still impressive. It's, it's crazy impressive. And it's, I, I envy them. I envy the organization. Uh, the, the, they have the great mix of, the, the young guys that come up and, and prove to be huge pieces down the road, the veterans in Verlander and Altuve that are so consistently great in the postseason that they it, it just – it's crazy. Now, I'm going to loop this back to you. Well, they're an official dynasty. You'd have to oh, consider yeah. them a dynasty. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like the – they're everyone's least favorite dynasty. Yeah. They have to be. And yeah. I'll, I'm going to loop this back to you. How hard are you going to be rooting for your boys, Max Scherzer and DeGrom, if they get to the World Series? Not at all. Not at all. Mostly just – I don't I don't need to see the memes if they get World Series rings. I don't need to see all that. I'm good. I, I don't – you know, it was never going to happen here. It's not – it was no fault of the Mets. It was actually brilliant of the Mets to let DeGrom walk and all that. But obviously, uh, jokesters are going to joke. I'm not rooting for it at all. I just, I, don't, I just don't need it in my life. I don't need that sort of negativity and – and bad jokes. I just don't need it. All right, but so like the the twenty what what year the twenty fourteen Matt McFeely inside of you wherever that is is isn't like the slightest bit inclined to root for Degrom to get a ring. Maybe in twenty fourteen, or if you ask me that question, but fuck Degrom. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, that know. was my first f bomb in pod history. We'll, we'll mark it down. That's what a hundred to one in, in, in terms of score me and you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So are you, are you going to side with me? You say Phillies Astros? Yeah, I think so. I think we see that again. Who do you give? All right. Last question I'll ask here about the, the MLB. Astros. Who do you give a better chance to ruin that? The Diamondbacks or the Rangers? The Diamondbacks. Really? I, cause I, I just, I Rangers. just feel like the Diamondbacks are a team of destiny right now. Interesting. See, I, I almost feel very similar about like, to me, the Rangers are the, they signed all the free agents. They p- spent all the money. They obviously uh, Scherzer and DeGrom, they're two, I guess, I I mean, Seager, Simeon are big fish, but two of their biggest fish that they've got uh, between uh, trade deadline and free agency are fighting yeah, through injuries. No, I, There's I so much I'm there. skewed by watching a lot of bad Phillies baseball this year. And that's kind of back when I was tapped in every day. So I watched this team be bad for far longer than I watched them be great, sensational, like they are now. I think that just kind of weighs on me. I'm just like, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop uh, on Philadelphia, and it hasn't. Yeah, well, I'm rooting for Philly just through and through. I I think we kind of both are understood there. Um, But again, I I think this is a, a situation where, Please excuse my dog in the background if you hear him barking. But uh, he's infuriated about that Russell Wilson performance last night. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> how would 05 handle a uh, Phillies Diamondbacks NLCS? Uh, TBD. We have to have to haven't had any preliminary talks yet. Yeah. Get back uh, to me on that. I, I will get definitely get back to you on that. But um, I, I'm again, room for the Phillies. Go Phillies. Um. Anything else you want to add to these two series or just the entire MLB uh, thinking? No, um, I just think it's it's I'm glad I started to watch because it, it's been some of the some of the best baseball I've seen in a while. Um, we do have two big, I mean, gigantic NFL games to get to locally, uh, both just extremely tough. Uh, you want to flip a coin? Who, who do we who do we hit on first here? Well, let me let me stop you because I just I was just running down my notes and I just 
thought I just saw a note that I put here about uh, getting back to baseball real quick. There, there's this thinking going around. You're like the amongst, Michael K of sports media. Yeah, I mean, any. I just have to every time we close a segment, I have to make sure does this relate to the Yankees in any way. <laughs> um, and I, I think that there's a there's a thing going around about you know obviously the Bryce Harper stuff with the Cashman comments and whatnot, and just the fact of you know the Yankees are are very well known to be thinkers that the playoffs are a crapshoot, and I think that this this playoffs has shown and very funny actually yesterday the I think it was either Harper or Castellanos someone asked like oh you know what do you guys think of hitting all those home runs and they said like that's why you spend all the money and it was uh, to me my first thought was like oh who's that a shot at like what team is what team is trying to penny pinch and I think it's a little bit that was might have been a little bit of shot at like the Yankees and the Dodgers honestly not not that they don't spend a lot of money but they're these weird teams that like will spend money, but then also try and like penny pinch yeah, around the corners. It is strange. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think maybe, but I thought just uh, maybe like that's a misplaced dig to come yeah. at two of the top five teams in spending. Could, could be me just reading into it too much, but I wanted to ask you a question. So like we, we see like what, what goes on with like, you know, the, the Braves and the dot, like the Dodgers arms just totally got burnt out at the end here for the what fifth year in a row now, or not in a row. I guess they won the, the Mickey mouse world series in 2020, but what do you, I'm trying to phrase this question as best I can. When you think about like the regular season and, and in divisions that are competitive versus divisions that might not be as competitive, like let's say like the Twins, right? So the Twins play in a very, uh, very non-competitive uh, division, I'd say, where the winner of that, I think they had what eighty-five wins or something like that getting in. Diamondbacks yeah, eighty-four wins. The they just they just fuck around the whole year, pretty much. Yeah. Do you think that the fact that they play in such a weak division or they played in such a weak division. I'll, I'll maybe not the twins. Let's just say the diamondbacks. But do you think that there's that weighs on a team, how, how hard or how easy their division is? Do you think that weighs on a team when it, we get to like October and how much, if so, like, do you think yeah, it really I would matters? Say so just because I think that there is something to be said about, you know, we just watched the Phillies take down the Braves and how many times did they see them this year? I think that that probably has something to do with it. Maybe if it's not even the exact team, just to be playing constant high-level baseball. Uh, yeah, I, I think that that has something to do with it. Like, how many times do we see later in a season, maybe it's a game like Phillies Braves, and we go, oh, th- th- there's a playoff atmosphere to this one. I think that, yeah, that has something to do with it when you're kind of playing slapdick all year and then it becomes real in October. Yeah, I think that certainly could be part of it. So then, uh, so then, if you think that getting back to the Yankees, do you think that they, like, do you think that the the AL East and not just the Yankees, but the fact that the Orioles kind of, not kind of, they just flamed out at the end. Do you think that the AL East not being in this is kind of just a testament to this whole year has just been a gauntlet for the AL East? Uh, I I guess so because I, I mean I don't know if you stick the Yankees in the Central, are they going to get in? I, I see. I'm of the belief that they get in by they might a. I think they win more games, obviously, just because the, the right. division they're in is worse. And they, and they just would have a different approach, not falling behind the way that they that's did. see. That's my point. Like my point being, and this is in no way an excuse for the Yankees, right? I'm not going to paint out to be any sort of excuse for the Yankees, the Orioles, the, the anyone in the AL East, but. You know, you're playing these teams every every you know every other week. You got You got to look at your schedule, and it's like, oh shit, the Orioles are up. Oh shit, the Rays are here. Oh shit, the Yankees are coming to town. Whereas if you're the Twins, you don't really get that. Yeah, or not as much. Hundred no. percent. So I and I think that's and I think you know when you're a team like the Yankees or Mets who are in these tough divisions, and then maybe you have to reassess until you're actually ready to play in those big games. I think that teams like the Twins are just getting in just because they got in and they're just not equipped to face teams like that. Yeah, uh, of course. I think that definitely plays into it. I I agree. Just wanted to bring that up. All right. No more. Uh, nothing else. Let me look. Nothing else relates to the Yankees in any way. Cool. Good. All right. Let's go to uh, let's go over to football. Let's go. Let's just go chronological order here. Jets are first. Uh, they're obviously first on uh, yourself and myself's mind. 
uh, being obviously Jet fans. And I, I'm going to open with this. This is, a, this is a game that I think a lot of Jet fans are going to expect them to lose. The Eagles seem to be the NFL's juggernaut early on. And, uh, you know, I don't know what it is. And I, I'm not going to – I'm not picking the Jets to win. All the X's and O's do not point in their favor whatsoever. Any angle I look at this game, I'm on the Eagles. Almost made the Eagles one of my picks. But I don't know what it is. But the, I just have, like, a strange feeling about this game. Uh, I think my hope for this game is that it looks kind of similar to the Kansas City game. Uh, like, you just listed off everything that's that's not in favor of the Jets. Another thing that's not is just history. Uh, I'm sure everyone's heard by now. This is the only team the Jets have never beaten in 12 meetings. I don't know if that does something to the psyche, right? If the Eagles are coming in, they're going, no, no, no. This is just a team that we beat. Maybe. I don't know. It backdates about 90 years. Um, I, I get what you're saying when you say, I, I have a strong feeling the Jets could pull us out because we've seen them play football at a higher level. And I think Philadelphia as well as Kansas city and a couple other teams, you know, maybe you want to put out the Bengals, but they had issues with their quarterback, you know, Kansas city, Philadelphia. I think these are teams that are able to get by right now. I shouldn't say get by. That seems a little disrespectful almost, but they're still kind of coming into uh, coming into their own, right? They're not really there yet, but just based on, you know, who they have X's and O's, they're able to win games. I don't think the Eagles are there yet. So sure. Is there a chance the Jets could be in this game just defensively again? Like they always are. Yeah, of course. Cause I think outside of one game, they've kept you in every single game this year. So, you know, maybe if you get a Kansas city like performance from Zach Wilson, could the Jets win the game? Sure. They can. I think they have chances to beat just about anyone. Um, it, it's just going to come down to the end of the game. And I, I don't, I don't fancy the Jets as closers. And I think that's why they wouldn't win a game like this. It's why they didn't win the Kansas City game or even the New England game where they were horrible. Uh, they're not at a level yet where they can close out these games offensively. And I think that's where they get bit. I like the line for the Jets. I mean, I know you're home, but to only be giving seven, um, you know, I, I think that's a pat on the back of the Jets. So I'm kind of excited for this game. It's an, another game to sort of figure out. It's just a benchmark. Where are the Jets? And it's going to soften up after this. Um, but, yeah, you'd, you'd love to steal one. Because I think my prediction going into this game is I'm not going to touch it at the seven points. Because even though I do think Philadelphia covers that, I think this will come down to the end. I just feel like that's the way the Jets handle teams. Even if they lose by two touchdowns, I think you'll look back at the game and say, for almost three quarters, like, they were in that one. Because that's just kind of who the Jets are. Yeah, and you're right. The defense – would and should keep them in every single game. And all you can really ask for in a situation like this is just give the offense and Zach Wilson a chance to, to, you know, have that drive or have, have a, get the ball end the game with the ball in your hands and a shot to win. I think that's, that's a good ask for the jets. And like you said, this could be a two touchdown game. Uh, I think, you know, when you look at all the X's and O's of this, that you know the Eagles, their, their defensive line does so many great things and have so many just studs on that defensive line that it might give Zach a guy like Zach Wilson and this this kind of mishmash offensive line fits and and, and I think it I think it really will. And then you look at their the offense of the Eagles, Jalen Hurts scrambling quarterback, the Jets. I think a very very under undersung kind of concern for the Jets. I feel like sometimes they'll play like very soft coverage. And I don't know if it's like a, this might be on the linebackers or uh, maybe they're they're They play too much of like a cover corner sort of deal. But I feel like all these mobile quarterbacks will always find ways to pick up, you know, five yard rush, seven yard rush, eight yard rush on like a broken a broken pass play that I think this week a guy like Jalen Hurts m might eat that up. And I think it's becoming very, very prevalent being that a guy like Russell Wilson just kind of I don't even know how many yards he ran for but I feel like he was running five six seven eight yards a pop every time he took off um I I, I don't know I I can't I this is this is a game that I'm I think we're gonna look at and, and just say like all right we're happy we got through this part of the schedule you know forget the scores from now and like you said the schedule definitely lightens up um did you hear any of Salah's comments this week about uh, about the the brotherly shove and the whole 
Uh, if the quarterback carries the ball, we have to give the guy 11 kisses. Did you hear that? I didn't know what that was in reference to. I kind of caught the clip, but didn't read into it. Yeah. So it's, um, it, it's, it's, he, they asked him, you know, what are your plans to stop the the brotherly shove, the the play that the Eagles have made famous? And I'll say this, I'll give Sala his flowers here. I feel like in the past, the past couple of weeks, that when people, when reporters have asked that to opposing coaches, they've almost like sung the praise of the Eagles and said like, oh, they're, they're so good. They run that play so well. And like, I don't know how to stop it. Or they've taken the route of, you know, complaining about, uh, you know, yeah, I think they should ban it or I think they should whatever. I, I think I like the fact that Salah takes that comment and takes it like almost like head on and, um, and kind of presents it as like a, an aggressive way towards his defense and team and, and saying that. I, I, is well, that me just giving kisses him too much to me or... I, That's the line I didn't get. What? 11 kisses. Well, there's 11 guys on defense, so pretty much saying he wants everyone to hit him. Oh, okay. Like how, like get, you know, in an aggressive way, like it, it, he, I mean, he really dodged the question by saying, I guess not a shot at Jalen Hurts, but I guess just a shot at, you know, don't, don't run. Don't, if you're a quarterback, watch out for my defense kind of thing. Yeah. Um, not in like a, not in like a bounty gate sort of way, but very, very, I guess, playfully ag- aggressive, passively aggressive, maybe. Um, I don't know. I like that. I'm a big, I'm a big punch first guy. And I thought that that was a good, uh, that was a good, good yeah, punch yeah. there by Salah. So um, the, the tush push might be uh, an unstoppable play, but you did just point out, uh, you know, what Russell Wilson was able to do to the Jets last week. I think that's the biggest key to their defensive game plan this week is you find a way to contain. Uh, listen, if you lose because Jalen, Hart, Jalen Hurts just picks you apart, then that's what happens. But, you know, I, I really think you have to limit these, you know, third and eight, third and 11 plays where, everyone's kind of locked up and then Jalen Hurts can scamper for 15 yards or whatever it is. I don't want to see too much of that. Um, but no, I mean, what did you think about the line? Cause I, I'm, I'm a little bit intrigued by it. I get it. If you want to say they're home, they get three points. It's a 10 point game, but I still feel like a touchdown was generous. So my, my, my jet take on this, my jet fan take on this is that I think this line is, uh, you're I agree with you like you know plus three for home and seven just you're telling me that the Eagles are uh, the five and oh Eagles are a touchdown better than the Jets with Zach Wilson uh you know I I, I think that's I think they're way better than that honestly I, I think that it this game on a I, I like to think of of games on like neutral sites especially with all these London games going on if this game's in London you might this might creep up to nine nine and a half I guess so. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you, what, and then my betting perspective of this is I think that this, this is just a too low trap. Like, I think everyone's going to say the exact same thing. What I just said, where it's like, all right, everyone Eagles are, are way better than a touchdown, better than the jets. And therefore I'm going to take them with a touchdown in. Let's be honest. This is going to be a pseudo home game for the Eagles. Yes. You know, and, and like we, I was at that, the Kansas city chiefs game. And I, I made a comment that there were so many Chiefs jerseys there that I can only imagine what how many Eagles jerseys this they're going to be there this weekend, especially since they're so freaking good. Yes. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about going to the game until I realized there's no way. The demand is just going to be ridiculous. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. This is uh, – I don't think the Jets get routed. I, I, I don't think the Jets – you know, I, I think I, I stand on what I said before. Get – End the game with a chance to win and the ball in your hand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we say this every week, but this is what the Jets, I think, are going to do this week is they're not going to come out throwing, uh, especially missing Elijah Vera Tucker. I think if the Jets can get off to a start with Brees Hall like they did last week, then then they'll have a chance because I really do think the offensive line is capable of a formidable, maybe even above average um Run blocking. I think I think they've excelled there. Uh, pass blocking, not so much. So if you can get another 150 from Brees Hall on the ground, then who knows? But I think that that's going to have to set up the pass because, like you said, you have a compromised offensive line going up against just a group of dogs on that front seven. So uh, Zach Wilson might be running for his life. We'll see. Yeah. So I actually I'm gonna I'm gonna go back uh, go back to something you just said there. I think the Jets actually do pass this week, and I think they actually 
will look to come out firing. And I, not that I disagree with you in that they, they've shown that they can run block, but I think, you know, you see all this stuff about, uh, you know, where's Randall Cobb? Where's this guy? Where, why aren't they using Miko Hardman? You know, I think that they, they, they definitely are going to hear that. And I think that they're going to try and get some of these little gadget guys involved this week. Maybe you might find yourself to, to see like a Miko Hardman, bomb touchdown or well, you know let's even talk even about a shot. Harman for a moment because Go ahead. this is the second or third receiver the Jets have had who is disgruntled and seems to want out now Nicole Harman I, I get it they asked Robert Sala about this and his sort of non-answer was well instead of talking about Harman I think this is a chance to really give Xavier Gibson his flowers because he's probably the guy who uh, just stole Nicole Harmon's role here, and that's mostly speaking on, you know, punt return, special teams, things like that. But Nicole Hardman was a, a part, uh, you know, maybe not the biggest part, but he was a legitimate part of a Super Bowl team. You're you're telling me you can't get him on the field? You can't? And like you just said, where's Randall Cobb? Where's this guy? Where's that guy? I don't know. The Jets don't seem to know what they're doing personnel-wise offensively. Because how is this the second time you seem to have, maybe even the third time, you seem to have a pretty talented guy on your roster who wants out? Yeah, you're you're right. It's it's been perplexing to see how they can't manufacture this guy even you know one touch, two touches a game. Uh, and it's you're right. He was on this on a Super Bowl team, a proven winner, uh, and just a good football player. It's. It's interesting. I think that this is another case, like almost like what happened with uh, Canarius, Tony and the Giants, where you're going to see that when you put this, when you put a guy like Nico Hardman in a, a good functioning offense, that is, you know, or, or a high flying offense, he's actually going to be a weapon. And, and I think that I think that they might actually end up trading him. But, you know, not for nothing, if you're going against the Eagles, you kind of got to you don't want to go you know, run up the mill Jets and you got to have to surprise them a little bit with a little bit of a different look. Yeah. You know, you're not to, if you, if you play, I'll say this, if you play the same game you played last week as the jets, you're going to lose big time, big time. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Like just game plan wise, not performance wise, just, just as far as, uh, you know, run to pass, uh, plays, how many times Zach Wilson dropped back, how he was dropping back and so forth and so on. How many times they kick field goals on fourth and ones. Exactly. So uh, I don't know. We we'll see. Um, Is your official, what's your official pick here with this line? You going to take the Jets? No, I mean, it's the Eagles, but I I just more so appreciated the line. But like you said, I mean, I'm not going to try to outsmart Vegas or outsmart anyone. If we look at the game and say the Eagles are way better than a touchdown, uh, than the Jets are, then my pick is going to be Philadelphia. I I think I agree there. I'll, again, almost almost made it one of my picks this week. Um, anything else on this game before we hop over to the uh, dark side of town? No, I guess not. So that brings us to the beautiful, luxurious Sunday night vehicle, the New York football giants. And as we came on, uh, started the show, uh, Daniel Jones has been ruled out for the Sunday night football game. Officially, oh, official. Okay. officially official Tyrod Taylor gets to start here for the giants against his former team, the, the Tyrod Taylor revenge game. Um, ESPN app right now gives the giants a 10% chance to win this game. What say you? Yeah, I'm right there. I said two weeks ago, I thought their season was over. I still do believe that. Um, it really is kind of shocking. Uh, after one season, last season, where they win a playoff game, it kind of felt like they were, you know, a- entering the the realm of just being notable. Um, it feels like that's all gone. Uh, I think they're one and four going on one and five against Buffalo. I don't give them a great uh, a great chance to win this game. Is this in Buffalo? It, it is. Right. So so going to Josh Allen stomping grounds, not not the stadium where he has had the most trouble. Uh, it's going to be tough. I don't really see a way that they win this game. It's kind of it's it's hard to even really dictate um, how I feel about this game. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a you know fifty to ten sort of game. I think I I've thought about you know getting on the podcast and talking about you know maybe trying to toot the horn of the Giants because if you remember last week I kind of said you know 
I don't think the Giants played as bad as, you know, the, the score might have seemed or everyone paints them out to have played. I've been trying all week to kind of like make up a scenario in my head where the Giants can like hang in this game, even even where the Bills can can fold this game. And I, I just can't. I really oh, just they're can't. just not good enough. They can't do anything. They can't manufacture anything. And, and like, you know, I, I have the feeling that this game is just like that same feeling Giants got on opening night against the Cowboys on on primetime when it was, what, 40 to nothing? That is, uh, I think, I don't want to, like, be that guy to Giant fans, but don't be surprised if you have very same feeling this weekend. Yeah. Again. Yeah. And it's it's rough because, again, no no Daniel Jones. Again, I sung his praises and kind of said that um, – that they didn't play as bad as as they were painted out to be, but and and maybe you know I we actually just posted on our our page the the clip of me kind of backing Daniel Jones and kind of saying it's not even on Daniel Jones, but now you take if you take him out of the equation, all you have left is a backup quarterback and 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 the same failing guys around him. If I'm the Giants, I don't even I think I just tell Barkley like, hey, sit, sit this one out. We'll we'll revamp for next week because. You know, I even agree with you. like I what's the risk? Say the same thing. Why play him now in a game that you don't think you're going to win? Um, yeah. Let's have this conversation anyway. This is a long shot. We'll make this quick. If for some reason it just works out this week and Tyrod Taylor's athleticism is it's different than Daniel Jones, as we always say, maybe he's a little more elusive in the pocket, less of just a you know just a downhill guy. And the Giants stun the world. They find a way to win on prime time. What does that mean moving forward? Anything? So it's so that's interesting because uh, I think that I don't think it would be nothing, and I, you know I'm not going to say that Tyrod Taylor is w- would serve this offense and this team any different than what Daniel Jones might, but I will say that if you if Tyrod Taylor even goes out there and and plays his ass off and and plays in a, a brand of football that like we said about the Jets keeps them competitive and maybe even you know god willing gets them the ball in their hands at the end of the game with a chance to win uh i, I think that not necessarily will be like the end for daniel jones and will be the you know the absolute just final moment of daniel jones giant tenure per se uh but i think that it might get a little bit of a snowball rolling on like the ant anti-Daniel Jones uh anti-Daniel Jonesers out there I'll say like I think that yeah that there's a lot of people that think that there's people that other think that it's a big problem this is Daniel Jones and how much they paid him and them not paying for uh, a, a big weapon on the outside because they had to pay for a quarterback who quite frankly is putting up average to below average numbers and I think those all, all it would do is just make those people louder and then for the sake of this season, you know, he's got a neck injury. Uh, you just paid him all this money. I don't think, I don't think an avenue, there's an avenue to trading Daniel Jones this year, but the, the sake that the fact that that contract is so is very um, exitable by the giants, you're, they're yes. able to exit it after I think a year or two. Yep. It might, it might open some conversations in the front office there as, you know, let's just say the season goes awry and we end up, we find ourselves yeah. in the top five picks. Do we get the do we do we try and do we try and tank? Do we try and get the best quarterback available, the second best quarterback available? I think that's already I, happening. I think that they're I, already yeah. about like I think if the Giants are as bad as people think they are, and I do think they're as bad as people think they are, I think they'll draft a quarterback. Um the Bears held firm on Justin Fields this past season, right? There was some rumblings of what are they gonna do with him? Uh I forget which insider it was, so apologies, but someone had said you know, if it was Caleb Williams last year that they had a chance to draft, they would have already moved on from Justin Fields. So if the Giants find themselves in a position like that, and again, maybe they won't have the first overall pick, uh, I think they're already having the discussion about, you know, is this a guy we want to keep? And I don't even think the Giants think that this is a Daniel Jones issue. And I certainly don't. I think that he's definitely not at the top of your list of concerns, but we see how these teams get when you have a chance to draft a new quarterback. If you love one, uh, you know, nine and a half times out of 10, you do it. So Daniel Jones is kind of uh, against tough competition right now, trying to play for his career uh, quite literally it, just by wins and losses. Yeah. And it's it, honestly, it might, 
it might save Daniel Jones. I'm going to flip this a little bit. It might save Daniel Jones if the if he's again he's out officially, but it might save him if the Giants absolutely get routed this week. You know, if it's if it's another Cowboy game where it's forty to nothing, it might it might make Daniel Jones almost like look a little bit better in a way by and and by by just saying that like all right, well yeah. we lost forty to nothing when I was quarterback and we lost forty to nothing when I wasn't quarterback, so can't be me. Yeah, you know, I, just just looking at it from uh you know just a I guess a pro Daniel Jones point of view, which I think I, I kind of find myself falling into sometimes. I, again, I, I, I think Daniel Jones on a, on a good offense uh, with, with good weapons and the right people around him. Like I, I really think that Daniel Jones could, could be like a, an average quarterback in this league. Like you're trying to tell me that a team like the Titans wouldn't take on Daniel Jones and, and have him come in and replace uh, Ryan Tannehill and really not miss a beat. Yeah. You know, some yeah. somewhat like an average quarterback like that. But um, I guess another name I'll throw out there, just looking at the slate, and we'll get into this the rest of the around the league in a minute. But the the Cardinals again, they're they're a team that everyone thought was tanking. If you're the Giants, do you do you put any thought into maybe making a move to get like a Kyler Murray? I don't know. I, I think that that's <laughs> Kyler Murray is an interesting name. He he would definitely sell some tickets in New York. I'll yeah, say that jerseys. Yeah. And like, if you can, if you can get him, uh, I, I believe he's under contract already, but um, if you can get him here and kind of, you know, halfway through a contract and kind of be a little non-committal where you know, maybe you trade for a Kyler Murray. And if you're somehow able to keep your, keep your pick this year, you can trade for Kyler Murray and get a guy behind Kyler Murray that you can almost have just sit there. Someone that might need like more, uh, yeah. more grooming, I guess. I you don't know. know now just, that you say Kyler Murray, I, I feel like maybe that's just a match made in heaven for the Giants because they clearly just they refuse to address the offensive line. It's been about a decade, so maybe you just need a guy back there who's just not going to get tackled. Maybe that's what it is. It, uh, it, it could be. Speaking of quarterback needy teams, I do want to hit back on the Jets here because this is a conversation that's beginning, and you know it might start to fuel up uh, depending on how Minnesota does. Uh, you and I were on the same side of the fence here where, you know, and obviously what I'm talking about is potentially Kirk Cousins to the Jets. I think when you look around the league, there's really not another landing spot for Kirk Cousins, like a, like a realistic one. So if they decided to move on from Kirk Cousins, I think the Jets are, well, they're obviously the, you know, the, the, the suitor that makes the most sense. You and I were both on the side of, listen, just, just keep all your resources you know, and, and just hold firm this year because there, there's really no re- no reason to make a move like that and throw a wrench into things. It seems like next year is going to be your real, maybe only shot at really winning a title. Why not hang on to everything you have and play this year out, especially when Zach Wilson's looked a little bit better? Um, I think uh, the rest of the way here, not only for my fantasy sake as I'm a, a carrier of Justin Jefferson, but as a Jets fan, I'm rooting for Minnesota to start piling some wins up because it's just not something I need to see. Uh, uh, I don't know how I feel about thing that. Is, like, if you could tell me exactly what you're giving up for a Kirk Cousins, when you're going into next year having to address your offensive line, maybe even another pass catcher, I just I don't know that I'm looking to trade anything away to try and salvage this year, especially because it's not just – it's not plug-and-play. It's not Madden. Right. So it's going to take some time to to really integrate Kirk Cousins in here. If you're going to make a move like that halfway through the season, I, I don't know. I'm not on board with it. Well, I think I think my my feeling on this comes from I'm just not on board with the whole Kirk Cousins thing at all. So, like, I think that, you know, any any assets you give up for Kirk Cousins outside of a, a trade just being an absolute gift and a steal is too much. And I think that for me, th- you know the the idea that I'm I'm gonna be rooting for the the Vikings to win games solely because so it doesn't get the the idea in mind of the Jets that they could possibly trade for Kirk. I, I don't know. Uh, to me, I I'm out. If they, I think let me put it this way, if the Vikings handed Kirk Cousins to the Jets, just say here, just take him. Don't want anything to do with him. Okay, you know I obviously I'm gonna get behind that, but I, I think other than that. I've just I haven't put much stock into it. Kirk Cousins has said he doesn't want to leave Minnesota. He said he wouldn't play for the Jets. 
I just, you know, I know I get, you know, player speak, coach speak is a real right. thing. And what would his other option be? Uh, stay there. Go. I don't know. I think there's a, there's a lot of football teams. <laughs> but Well, I guess. But that's why I prefaced this saying that the Jets are the real, you know, only match. But are they? Sort of, yes. Okay. I, that's like, fair, they, like, like, I can't find another team that is in it and needs a quarterback. It's it's an interesting combo. I'm I'm honestly going to say that I think that's a good combo to have. Maybe when we start, you know, get like around more trade deadline, or even if the Kirk Cousins any sort of Kirk Cousins rumors start heating up, I don't think I'm really like prepared right. to have that conversation right now. But let's just say, I mean, the team that I'm looking at right now, let's just say the Colts find themselves in in a you know Anthony Richardson they declare out for the year, just like a precautionary thing. And if you know, let's just say God forbid Gardner Minshew goes down. Maybe they make a move because they're going to find themselves yeah, with three wins. Some like something like that. You just never know. There's a lot of football to be played. But um, as for my, you know, my final stance on the Jets and Kirk Cousins, I'm good. All right, I'm good. But uh, anything else on the two disgusting local teams before we get to actual real football? No, I'm I'm ready to take a trip around the league. All right, let's go. Let's get right into it. Let's go around the league. We're going to get our picks out of the way first. Matt, the floor is yours. Yeah, for my one-point play here, I rode with Cincinnati. They're home against Seattle. I think last week was the first week where Joe Burrow looked like Joe Burrow again. Uh, And I think that if you can take for granted that that's who they're going to be moving forward, I think you love minus three against Seattle at home. Wouldn't you agree with that? I would agree with that so much so that I didn't make it one of my picks, but every week I'm starting to write down three picks just in case I have a feeling that you might take one. And I had a feeling you might take the Bengals. And being that I uh, I, I wanted to gain a leg on you, gain a point on you, I, I veered away and my read was 100% right. So I'm I very happy. I respect the work. I do. I, I, I'm very happy that you just took the Bengals there. Although I, I'm happy at Jace because I – I like the Bengals, so I think they win, and maybe you get your point. So, um, for my one-point play, you said that was your one-point play, correct? Yes. So, for my one-point play, I'm going to go with the Rams, minus seven. I, I like the Rams. We've been on here countless times saying that we're, we're Ram- subtle Rams fans, and you're telling me they're a, a touchdown better than the Cardinals. No James Conner, no, their best offensive weapon on the road against the Rams, who... Not for nothing, I thought they were in every bit of that Eagles game last week until the very, very end. Rams minus seven, I love it. That's fair. And then we're going to go back to you for your two points. All right, two points. Here we go. This was a a really tough week for me to read. I said it to you earlier. Um, So the only only play I really loved on the board was Cincinnati. But I, I, I just, I put them as my one point when I saw that I have Cowboys minus two and a half here uh, on the road against the Chargers. So when I saw this game, it was the only other game I figured I could pick. Um, I, I just think they're they're the much better team. I really don't care where they're playing. Uh, we've seen flashes from the Cowboys where sometimes they don't live up. Uh, I think this is a, on prime time a, a game where they do. Interesting. I, I, I won't say this for certain, but uh, someone recording this podcast – might have said earlier in the week they love the Chargers on the money line. Just saying. Someone on this podcast right now. Not to say who. Are you muted? No, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to think of all the all the people on here. Oh yeah. It could be the faceless uh the faceless third guest. Uh could it have been Bobby? Just just gonna throw that out there. Uh-huh. They said they, they quote unquote loved it. Is, is it about to be your two-point play? No, no, it, it it's not my two-point play. But I, I'll say this: if it was, if the the rules were in plus three and a half, where where we have to take the the underdog, if it has to be plus three and a half, I would have definitely taken this. But I think, to me, honestly, for strategically this week, I think I need to play a little bit safer. I I love the Chargers in that game, but 
I could see that, you know, do I want to risk my pretty much my my season here on on the Chargers money line? What makes you say you love the Chargers? I since since Diggs has been out, the Cowboys pass defense has been very suspect. And I think on the road team got coming off a bye and that, quite frankly, needs to win here. That is already a good passing offense. They get Eckler back. I know no Mike Williams, but I think that opens up the the game for a couple other guys on that uh, on the Chargers um, receiving core. And I, I I don't think the Cowboys are that good. And there's been you know when the Cowboys are bad, and then like all the headlines are about how the Cowboys are bad. I I don't like smoke and fire stuff. So I'm gonna veer away, and I, I really do like the Chargers. There's a lot of my little things I like that go into this game that I, that point me to the Chargers. But more power to you. All right. Um, for my two-point play, um, I'm going to be that guy. I'm just going to be that guy. I don't see an avenue where the Giants are competitive here, especially Tyrod Taylor out. Line only moved a half point, really, when they confirmed it. I think it was speculated the whole time. Give me the Bills, 14 and a half at home. We, we saw when that's earlier so this year. Big, that's I. I don't get scared. We saw earlier in the year uh, when, when the Bills – you know, might have had a lackluster performance against the Jets. Next week, they come out firing. They have a lackluster performance against the Jaguars. At home now against the, this measly Giants team, I, I think they're going to – they they might want to blow the brakes off the Giants here, and I think this could be – this could be an ugly game for sure. Um, also a big line is our guest pick this week by our, our buddy Nick. He's going to go with the Dolphins minus 14 hosting the 0-5 Carolina Panthers. And I'll tell you yeah, what, I, about it. I don't hate it. Yeah, definitely don't hate it. Yeah. But uh but a lot of big lines. Let's get to let's get to the rest of the games. Ravens head to Tennessee and play the two and three Titans. Titans plus four and a half. I mean you, you have to think the Ravens are gonna come out firing right after that last performance. Um you know, j- just passing the ball, I think receivers are going to have to be up for this game. I like the Ravens. I, I think they get back to form. Interesting. I-, I-, I honestly thought about the Titans as an underdog pick here. I mean, just I think this Titans team is, or let me say this, I think the Ravens are a little bit overrated in, in my mind. I think they- they've had some suspect losses. And then you- they got to go on the road here. And remember, this is that 930 930- uh, 9.30, what is this game in London? Or uh, is this the yeah, one in that's in... This is the Lon- another London game? Okay. In London, weird shit happens over there. I, I think I like the Titans plus four and a half. Thought about them on the money line. Um, next game, the Commanders head to Atlanta where they play the Falcons. Falcons minus two and a half at home. I'm just going to get out of the way. I'm on the Falcons. And fun fact, Desmond Ritter, I brought it up on the podcast the other day, hasn't lost at home uh, in his entire football career. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm right there with you. Every week, I'm I'm just more and more out on the Commanders. They're they're in that subgroup of just I'm good for me now. Yeah, I think so too. I think the first two weeks where they were you know the the two and O team now you know three straight losses since uh, could get ugly over there for sure. And again, young quarterback on a downtrend. I'll bet against that every day of the week. Uh, next game. Uh, another one that I, I wanted to make, or if I was going to make an upset pick, it would be this game, although the line is only three. Bears plus three at home to the Vikings, the one in four bowl. No Justin Jefferson as the bank, the Vikings have placed him on the IR. Yeah, I, I, I feel like for me, I, I love what you said there. I think that that's a great underdog pick, like one that I would have taken but when I look at this game, I just feel like the Vikings are so desperate, uh, more so than the Bears. I, I just, I don't know. I, I lean Vikings in a situation like that. But obviously wouldn't be surprised if the Bears won. Uh, I think plus three at home is, you know, it's outstanding value for the Bears. I agree. Uh, I'm, I'm on plus three. So you're officially on plus three as well. We went to uh, Cincinnati where the Cincinnati Bengals play the or host the Seattle Seahawks. You are on the Bengals. Uh, I also sung highly of the praises uh, of that line there. So I'm also on the Bengals minus three. Next game, the 5-0 49ers head to Cleveland, play the Browns. No Deshaun Watson. This line's up to nine and a half. Yeah, I I don't really. I I don't know. I don't know what you think of this game. 
I don't really. I wouldn't care if the line was thirteen and a half. Uh, I'm with San Francisco. I, I am too. I think yeah, I mean, is, I think uh, the, the loss of of Nick Chubb is just it's huge. I mean, they they had they don't really have the ability to to get anything going offensively to match a team like San Francisco. Yeah, not not at all. And I'll tell you what I really like. And sometimes in these games where it kind of could could really sniff to be a blowout here, I like to take the first halves because I think a team like the 49ers is going to say, let's just let's just go out and not even have to sweat the third and fourth quarter. So they're going to put their all into the first half. I also just uh, really love the over in that game overall. I mean, 36 points, there, there's going to come a, a time in that game where, you know, the Browns are going to have to throw it all over the place. Maybe they, they score 14 points by accident. Yeah, or uh, honestly, yeah, or let's be honest, 49ers put 36 in a blink by themselves. Yeah. Yep. So, like 49ers there for sure. Uh, next game, another, uh, I guess, a lopsided affair. The Dolphins, minus 14, hosting the Carolina Panthers. Our guest pick is on the Dolphins. I, too, will side with the Dolphins. How yeah, like yourself? I said, I thought about it. I'm right there with you guys. Yeah, this is, uh, I think Panthers are um, in a tough spot, we'll say. And uh, coming in at 0-5 against the, everyone's darling Dolphins at 4-1. and uh, The Dolphins are Dolphins are 5-1 and one in my book. I've, I don't know if I've seen, people say you've seen crazier things happen. I don't know if I've seen crazier things happen than uh, if the Panthers yeah. were to pull this one off. Yeah. Uh, next game. This is, a, this is an interesting game because this is two teams that I think are still trying to solidify themselves as, you know, who they are in, in the AFC. Colts plus four heading to Jacksonville. Jacksonville perhaps with a uh, two-game London hangover, uh, although two two good London games there as they win both. I think I like the Jaguars here minus four. Again, no Anthony Richardson for the Colts. Um, give me the Jaguars. Yeah, I think the fun pick is, is Colts plus four, right? I mean, everyone loves Gardner Minshew. Uh, I, I could see I could see that holding, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm also on Jacksonville here. I, I think it's just a sharper pick, uh, minus four at home. I, I agree. I think, uh, and I honestly just think that, you know, you're right, Gardner Minshew's fun, but is it real? Is he really going to, you know, be like he's he's filled in to be and, and filled in very well so far, but is that really the real Gardner Minshew or is there a real reason why he's a backup? You know what I mean? Um, next game. This is uh this is I'm interested to see what your lean is on this game. But the New Orleans Saints head to Houston and play the Texans. Texans are plus one and a half at home. Yeah, I lean I Saints. I feel like the Saints uh still just have yet to really come together. You'd like to see Michael Thomas start to get into the mix at some point. Uh I like the Saints just because I think that's a team that's gonna be trending upward in the future. Uh the Texans are too. The Texans are great, the Texans are fun. Uh, but I think the Saints just a little more of a complete product. I would like to see the Saints kind of put it all together and, and beat the Saints. So I like minus one and a half on the road. I'm going to go against you there. That's I'm, fair. I'm bought, I mean, I, I thought into, about it, believe me. Yeah. That's yeah, why I said I this mean, week was half, tough. One and a half is a coin flip pretty much. So, uh, I, you know, I just think C.J. Stroud is I'm, – I'm bought in. I think the offense is good. At home, they're going to click. And then as for the Saints, you know, love all their weapons. You said Mike Thomas, Olave, uh, get, getting Kamara back, a couple of young rookies, Kendra Miller, um, just a couple couple of nice pieces over there for Derek Carr. But I'm just not sure Derek Carr is really that good. And I think that, uh, or let me say this, he's he's, I think he's like a mid-tier quarterback, and I'm not 100% sure he's fully healthy. Remember, a couple of weeks ago, he, he hurt his shoulder, I believe, and, you know, he came out, uh, like a, this, the next week and look terrible. Then he, he hangs a what a thirty clip on the Patriots last week, but maybe the Patriots are just bad. Uh, yeah, I think, we, we've seen him be good in the league. Like I think yeah. he has potential to be like kind of like top of that mid tier. Yeah, I mean, and but like the most Derek Carr thing ever would be to to win what thirty two nothing against the Patriots last week and then put up seven points here to the Texans. Yeah, you know, that would be the most Derek Carr thing ever. So, for that reason, I'm on the Texans plus one and a half. Uh, speaking of the devil, the Patriots heading to uh, Las Vegas to play the Raiders. I like this that. is interesting. This this line is something that I think is very very trappy. I think there's a lot of things going against the Patriots here, but like traditional thinking will let you think that minus three is way too little here for the Raiders. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. The Patriots are just horrible. 
That's what I'm saying. So wouldn't you no, no, think no, no. That- I, I know, but I, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm just saying. I don't feel. I, I feel like there's not a trap to fall for. Like they're, they're just so bad. So, so then this, should, you should have made this one of your picks then. No, I, I mean, like, uh, you know what? The reason I, I didn't is because we saw them beat the Jets. So th- there's always something fluky about New England. True. That's why I think this could be a little, it's a little bit of a trappy sort of line. I mean, my instinct is just to fall for the trap because, like you said, I just think the Patriots are bad. Yeah. So I'm going to take the Raiders minus three yourself as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And if a trap happens, a trap happens. It's part of the game. Part of the game for sure. I gave my pick on this next game. I'm on the Rams minus seven against the Cardinals. How about yourself? As am I. Yeah. Especially I, with, with Cup back now, I'm still singing the praises of the Rams. Yep. I, I agree. I think that I think they're way better than their two and three record. I'll say that. Um, next game is the Jet game we went over. Uh, and then the following game, the Lions heading to Tampa Bay playing the Buccaneers. I thought about the Lions. Tell you that for sure. I I really, really like them, but... Yeah, with, with, uh, with St. Brown returning too, uh, we talk about it all the time. I, I just, I love their offense. I think the Bucs will, will keep this a close game, you know? Like, if you told me that you were going to take the Bucks as an underdog pick to try to gain ground, I wouldn't say I hate it. I think they've been a, a, really, a really gritty football team. But no, I, I like the Lions to cover that number as well. Yeah, I, I I'm kind of kicking myself right now for not necessarily the, the Giants pick, but you know what? No, I'm not, I'm not going to kick myself. I was going to say I'll kick myself for the Rams pick, but I'll let you change it. No, I'm, no, I'm not weak like that. Come on, it's all good. Watch now the Lions are going to lose, and I'm going to just look like this was going to happen. Lions are going to lose, so I'm going to look like an idiot for not switching, and then my other two picks aren't going to hit either. So I'm just going to look like an idiot either way. Yeah. So it's nice being me. But that's it. That's all we got for the, the recap, honestly, because we went over the Giants and the Bills. We went over the Cowboys and the Chargers. Um, that's it. Any other any, Anything else you want to throw onto this big slate of football? Yeah, last night's game was a real, uh, real yeah. thriller, thrill ride. And I'm going to continue to say this. The, the Chiefs don't, do not impress me. They're not impressing me. I'm, I'm like, I'm like yet to be super impressed by the Chiefs. I, I, I agree with you. Hey, I can tie the Yankees back into this episode. So that uh that scoregami thing I sent you. So the score of nineteen to eight. This was the second time that ever happened. Um, Correct. And the previous time was ninety six years ago to the day. Uh, the two teams competing in that matchup, the Bisons and the Yankees. There we go. All things point back to the Yankees, right? Isn't that how this podcast goes? Who was the uh, any any touchdown scores in that game? By the way, I got that uh, that Sutton TD, which was nice. Oh yeah, you did, you did, and then uh, that was that was it. I think I I lost the bet on uh, both. I had both teams to score ten as like the last leg. Thanks, Russell Wilson. Wow. Really good, but all right, this is a long episode. Let's get out of here. Uh, everyone enjoy the football, enjoy the baseball, enjoy the hockey. Uh, so much going on this week. If you're into the Dylan Danish stuff, enjoy that too. Uh, big, big sports weekend. Um, as always, thank you for listening. Follow us on all our socials and peace out.